Welcome back to Retail Therapy on the Sunday Scaries podcast feed. My name is Will DeFreeze. With me in the studio today is my co-host, Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm just, man, I'm looking forward to today's podcast. You've got some uh, some really interesting experiences that, uh, that you're going to have to tell me about here. And uh, yeah, man, this is just going to be uh, another great episode. So I'm happy to be here. I'd like to apologize to everybody. We were supposed to have an episode out last Wednesday. We had a grand total of, I think, zero people reach out wondering where the episode was, but that's okay <laughs> because we're back this week. No worries. And we got a heavy episode ahead of us. Uh, overall, Barrett, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. You know, just um, uh, I, well, I had my bout with uh, with the silent enemy and I feel like I've defeated it. And, um, you know, people are talking about how there's like a lot of relief when you finally get it. This is my first time mm-hmm. in the two years. And so I do kind of have that sense of like, well, now I've, you know, I, the, the, that, that anticipation, the, the nervousness of the whole thing is kind of gone. And I feel, I feel good about that. I feel good about a 90 degree day today, followed by a 45 degree one tomorrow. I'm just, you know, I feel good about everything. Getting dressed right now has not been the easiest thing in the world. Uh, it was a little stressful today. I was like, okay, I don't have any thoughts in my head for what to wear in warm weather right now. So I'm going to dress terribly. And that's what I did. It's tough. Yeah. I've also uh, gotten through my bout with the invisible enemy. You know, we, we're kind of proud of ourselves on Circling Back, our other podcast, for being, you know, late to trends. We're late to things and we like to do things later. Yeah, yeah. On here, I'd like to say that we would pride ourselves on being maybe early to things. Right, that's right. And you and I could not have been later no, to getting really, COVID. No, and I felt, I, I just, I felt like a real idiot because like that, when I finally got it, it's like the numbers are just like skyrocketing downwards. You know, they're going, yeah. they're going the opposite of a skyrocket actually. And, um, you know, I'm, I, that's, but that's the thing. I got cocky. I got careless Me too. and that, and that's, you know, that's when, that's when it'll sneak up on you. I, I, I reached out to the immediate people that I needed to tell. I told my wife, um, I told my coworkers and they all gave me your traditional responses. Rest up, feel better. Let us know if we can do anything. Yeah. When I told some of my friends, Every single person responded to me and said, like, dude, no one is still getting COVID. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, how exactly. did you get this? Like, no <laughs> one is getting it still. We've all already had it. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was just like, yep. But, you know, I, you had it a little tougher than me. But overall, I think I did okay kind of getting through it and, and doing as best as I could with it. Yeah. <sighs> well, back in action, man. It feels good you to be know? back in the saddle. The grind don't stop. So. I, I am a little hazy these days just from the – I don't have long COVID by any means, but I definitely have a little bit of fogginess when it comes to just everything. But yep. that just might be a personal problem. If you guys have any questions for this edition of retail therapy, of, of just retail therapy in general when it comes to the Sunday Scaries podcast feed, send us your DMs. We like to hear anything. I think at some point we're probably just going to do a straight up listener questions episode. Absolutely. You can also watch all of these episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash washed media. We've put up the last two episodes. This one is up as well. Go check it out. Uh, as you know, Barrett likes to put stuff on the screen. I like to tell Barrett to put stuff on the screen. And so sometimes you get a little extra when you watch us on the, on the YouTubes as opposed to just listening. Yeah. But I think we need to dive in with our, with our headliner today. Okay. Talking moisturizing routines, Barrett. Mm, it's very important. There's a new trend that's that's kind of I, I, I'm not even going to call it a trend. Actually, after doing my research, I'm officially not calling this a trend. This is just something that white people have discovered. Okay, <laughs> it's called slugging, and I need to get out ahead of this. I currently have zero routine when it comes to my skin, my face, anything. How much care do you put into your face? Um, a little bit, but I would call it like minimal effort. What's your routine? So I, 
wash my face, okay. obviously. Um, I recently, I, I came across some good news recently, which is that for guys, you don't necessarily want to wash your face like two or three times a day. Okay. Uh, once is typically enough. And so in fact, like your, your morning routine, it's totally fine. If you were just like splashing cold water on your face, okay. for example, that is like that, that is a decent way to start for men's skin. Um, I do use a moisturizer every day, which has an SPF 30 in it. It might actually only be 15, but it's got a little bit of sun protection. Um, and then at night I am typically applying j- basically just like a face balm, but okay. it is, it's not really a night cream. It's not, a, it's not a retinol. I, I've got no serums. I've got no vitamin C. I've got like none of the stuff that is, that, that, it, that would be like actively preventing wrinkles, blemishes, that type of, th- that type of stuff or encouraging rejuvenation or regeneration. And that's the type that that's, you know, I, I, I need to add some stuff like that. I I need I I've realized as I've gotten I'm getting older that I need to start mixing in some stuff. I have always operated under I'm going to work with what God gave me, mm-hmm. and I've always <laughs> been blessed with decent skin. Um, I was I've never I've never really been like an acne person. I've I've definitely had my pimple phases, but yep. that was during a time when everyone had pimples, so sure. I didn't really care that much about it. These days, I when I say that I legitimately do nothing, Barrett. I legitimately do nothing. Like I, no moisturizers, no SPFs. The only time I apply SPF is when I'm going when okay. I know that I will be out in the sun and I will litter my body with as high as FP, SPF stuff as I can do. Here's a question for you. Uh you're a beard guy, I am not. Yes. Uh, can you even apply like a moisturizer to a to a, a beard as thick as yours? Like they how does that say even you work? can? They say you can. I have not experienced any success with it. You're supposed to like go like heavy against the grain, like mash it in there. About once a month, I will have an, a time when I look down at my t-shirt and I think, oh, it looks like it snowed on me. <laughs> and it's usually a time when I haven't, I usually scrub my beard as hard as I can. Okay. And all I will do is take shampoo, scrub it as hard as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And then I will sit in front of the shower head and just let it like hit me in the face yeah. until it's all gone and I feel good about it. And that okay. remedies the dry skin that comes out. But in terms of everything else, the, the, my problem areas, and I think with a lot of people's problem areas, are like under the eyes mm-hmm. and your forehead. Yeah. Those are the places that are going to make you look older. Those are the places that you want to protect. And I just don't do a good job of doing that. Well, for, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a chronic, you know, bags under my eyes guy. And uh, for anybody out there that's listening that also has that, um, Take some solace or no solace. It's it's kind of bittersweet. There's not a lot you can do about it. It's, I learned this. Yeah, it's very much like genetics and the um and just kind of like something that you have or don't have. And so there's you know I've I've spoken to my dermatologist about it quite a bit. That there's like you know there are a couple things that like maybe kind of work. You can do some of like the little topicals or vitamin C things that that kind of go into your eyes to like reduce puffiness. But like the dark circles are just kind of like, that's, you kind of either have it or you don't. I was told by somebody who I very much trust for a living. They recommend products to people. They work in the beauty industry. They have a large following. And I talked to them one time and I asked them what I could do to get the bags out from under my eyes. And she told me, stop stressing about it because it's probably only making it worse. And I was like, okay, cool. It's like hydration, sleep. Like those are the, the, the things that like, the regular ways that we treat our bodies well are the best things for it. So I, well, last night 
I decided that I was going to do my wife Sally's skincare routine. Yeah. Shouts to all the Sal gals out there. You, you know who sl- you are. You, you were going to slug. And you get slugged. We, I decided to get slugged. Uh, for those out there who don't know what slugging is, it's uh, and I'm reading this from some article that I well, found. When you, I, by the way, when you first told me that you were that that you were going to try slugging the skincare routine that I also had not ever heard about. I thought that it was going to be like like Sally punches you in the face. See, I or, thought or some variation of like getting like like slapping up the skin, getting slugged, sort of like you know bring some like blood you just and some like life slap in there. yourself yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh. I thought I was going to go. I thought we were going to go to like a spa and they were going to put slugs on our face. <laughs> like I legitimately thought that was what it was, and she was like, "No, don't be an idiot." Yeah, it says the latest viral skincare trend is slugging, which involves coating your face in Vaseline to moisturize your skin overnight. Though the fad has become a talker recently with over 80 million views on TikTok, it's not particularly new. It's been a long popular technique in the black community as well as in the K-beauty world to replicate the natural dewy glow and combat dryness. So last night I put on some dynamic re- – or I took some dynamic resurfacing facial pads. You're supposed to do your normal nightly routine okay. and then apply everything shortly thereafter. So I did some facial pads where I just absolutely scrubbed my skin. I did some hyaluronic acid. No clue what that stuff is. I hear does. it's good. And then I hit <laughs> some peptide complex serum. Uh, and I did some natural moisturizer f- from The Ordinary, which I was told is an inexpensive way to get some higher end products mm-hmm, if you're mm-hmm. trying to get into this world. And then after that, I did the slugging, which was I took a bunch of Aquaphor <laughs> and I absolutely coated my face in it before going to sleep. Yeah. Obviously, I have only done this one time, so obviously, I will not see the long term effect. Long term effects of this. I mean, I don't know. You do kind of have a, a, a taut glow today. See, Sally has been doing this for a few weeks now, and yeah. I I don't know if it's because she's been doing her routine every single night, which is not something she used to do, or if it's just because I'm just actually noticing it. I do actually feel like her skin does look a little more dewy, or like a, have that kind of glow to it. And I think the reason that I was actually down to do this is probably the reason I'm down to do a lot of things. And that's because Haley and Justin Bieber do it. Ah, um, yes, yes. She recently posted something on January 25th. Uh, she posted an Instagram that says glazed donut skin all 2022. And I, I don't know why I feel the need to just follow in their footsteps every single time they do something. But all yeah, I could think of yeah. was like, all right, I'm doing glazed donut skin this entire year. They, they're look, man. They're just they're they're the it couple, I think, for 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 anybody that's kind of like interested in pop culture and fashion and style and beauty and every you know. Like her, her I, last photo on this slideshow is the best one. I, I think I saw on uh, Demois that they really. <laughs> Recently, you know, there's like the the Sunday sightings. People are talking about celebrities that they've seen. Somebody that works at a hotel that they checked into was like the the requests for their room included um, like s- some type of organic or natural drinks, but then also like a bottle of like Casamigos Silver Tequila. Okay. And I was just like, yeah, sweet. Me, me and the Beebs, we all love Casamigos Tequila. <laughs> I am doing something. I'm. I'm just. I'm on it. You know. It just. I, I don't. I don't know why that is. But they're. They. They. They've got that. They've got the X factor, man. I don't. I don't know what else. To, what else to to tell you. I mean, they, they're just the leaders in cool right now. And like, this I, is quite a thirst trap, by the way. It bro. is. She did a very good job of doing a thirst trap while also saying, like, "Hey, if you yeah. see me out in the wild, like, yeah, I'm gonna look pretty dewy these days." That's yeah. That's right. What the what what bad came of this, Barrett, is that I took photos of every single thing that I put on my face last night. And 
I looked them all up today so I could get an idea of what this what Sally's entire routine would cost me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to have to have a conversation when I get home regarding the price of her skincare <laughs> routine as some of her products were very reasonably priced. Others were downright jarring. I mean, you no, honestly, this I'm looking at the prices here and I- I know what skin, what some of this skincare can cost once you're like bouncing around in like the world of La Mer and all that and all that, yeah, uh, and all that crazy stuff. And this is, I mean, this feels like a nice mix of high low. You know, a few products that are under twelve bucks, a couple that are in the sixty five to seventy range. That's, I, I think, you talk to any, you know, you talk to any women our age, and they are they are dropping some coin on this stuff. I always. I I look at the 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 receipts, the bills for for um for Lara's makeup sometimes, and it's just like, damn, that's like that that that's that's my ALD purchase this it's, Thursday. It's you know a what tax. I mean? like, it's a yes, tax on yes. on certain people. Like, like we're never gonna have to worry about you know spending hundreds of dollars on makeup or a bunch of stuff on like the facial stuff because they know, they're just gonna market stuff to guys that it's cheap, naturally cheaper because they know that, <laughs> that we're going to think it's crazy when yeah, they, in reality, that's just how much some of these things cost. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's uh tough to get a, a dudes to, to yeah, buy a bunch of $70 facial creams and products. Well, I recently, it's uh, definitely a barrier to entry. I also saw that if you, if you're in Austin, Texas and you want to go to the Lake Austin spa resort, you can try out their regal facial, which happens to be a caviar infused facial or a caviar DNA infused facial. I okay. guess they get the DNA from caviar. It's a thousand dollars for a facial. <laughs> what? We're getting DNA from, from fish eggs here. Is that what we're doing? I just don't think we need caviar facial. That seems, it seems like a stretch. I was so happy when I, when I saw an article that said that it was about caviar DNA infused facials, you don't know how happy I was when I saw that it was from the Lake Austin spa. I was like, yep, of course, it's right down the road from us. And was this in the Goop newsletter? No, this was literally on New York Post. Okay. Like they, they're just trying to expose everybody to this. And mm-hmm. I just, of course it was there. I've never had a facial. Have you had a facial? No. I'd like to get one. I that, would... that is something that I would like to do. But again, it's something that I like. I, I, I always had it in my mind that it was less expensive than a massage. And it's like the same price as a massage. That makes we're, sense. We're talking a hundred to two hundred dollars here, basically. I might be able to get a massage squeezed out of me on a vacation at a nice hotel where we don't have anything else to do one day. I you can probably get me to do that. But when it comes to spending that same money on a facial, I just don't see myself wanting to spend that money yeah, doing it's, that. Again, it's a, that's a that's a that's a hard barrier to cross. I'm sure it's great, but like I we we're just not trained in the same way to be always kind of conscious of our of our skin, even though we definitely should be. I recently went to Puerto Vallarta and we went to a hotel that had a very built out spa. And I did something for the first time that I'd never done before. And I applied mud to my entire body <laughs> and it felt incredible. I can't explain why it felt so good. And I can't actually tell you whether or not my skin felt smoother after the fact, but the way that I felt after I did feel hotter. I was just, I, I was kind of peacocking after. I felt really good about myself. And yeah. now I just want to do that mud thing every single day when I wake up and just shower it off. Yeah. I did find a bunch of mud in like all my crevices for like 24 <laughs> hours after, which was not great, but it was a cool experience to actually just sit there and just like cover my entire body in mud. You, you live near Lake Austin. So you could actually just, you know, 
head on down there and just, just kind of like down just walk into the kind of the murky bottom and just kind of coat yourself in that mud. It That's might, true. You'd probably get the exact same effect. I thought you were imploring me to go like <laughs> paddleboard down the down the river to go see the Lake Austin to spa the Lake Austin spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could show yeah. up with my own caviar and be like, put this on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I don't know if I'm going to keep slugging. Uh, when I when I woke up in the middle of the night, when my dog jumped on the bed, I rolled over to face away from my dog. And my entire pillowcase was absolutely covered in <laughs> an oily substance. Yeah. And I just yeah. flipped it over and I thought, well, this isn't going to work. You need like some beater uh, pillowcases if you're going to do this regularly. Uh, or you have to change your sheets more than once a week, which is what we pretty much do at this point. And yeah. I, I don't yeah. really know how to, I don't want to do that. I don't think having good skin's worth doing, it's like changing my sheets out every few days. That's, it's, that's a lot. I mean, you got to change your, you got to change that pillowcase I mean, ASAP. You can't sleep ASAP. on that thing again. ASAP. Yeah. Luckily, actually, we are actually changing our sheets today, which is part of the reason <laughs> I want to do it last night. But like, I, I just don't see the long-term, the, the, the environmental effects of all the laundry I'd be doing in order to sustain this just doesn't seem worth it. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm curious. I want to try this. I want to look like Haley Beaver's thirst trap, obviously, but. <laughs> the 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 other problem for me is just like I don't know about you but you're I know you're you have you have a child you're so that kind of has forced you to go to go to bed at a more reasonable hour but I'm very much a night owl I essentially like won't send myself to bed until the you know the 11th hour until I'm absolutely like ready and and, t- and I'm tired and I you know I just sit up and I do the revenge scrolling and I watch TV that I don't need to be watching and like all that type of stuff so when it's finally time to go to bed I don't have time I'm like, at that point, I'm not going to put in the 35 minute routine either. I'm ready to like brush my teeth, splash water on my face and like be done with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, li- I like a quick process. So that's the, that's the other thing about some of these routines is it's like, you know, you want to go to bed at 11, you better start kicking it into gear at 10 yeah. to get all this done. I shower every night now because my son, I, I take a shower with my son every night to to clean him off, but I don't go to bed for at least probably three hours after he goes to bed. Yeah. And I can't just sit around with like Vaseline on my face for the entirety <laughs> of it. Like even, even last night we sat down and started watching a little love is blind, which I'm, I'm not proud to, to be watching right now, but we were watching love is blind. And numerous times I would like scratch my face and then realize like I have a glob of Vaseline on my finger. Now, what okay, do so I do you, with this you, Vaseline? You did do, you did have this going on for a little while before you hit the you hit the hay. I did. Okay. I, I figured laying in bed and watching TV for an hour wouldn't mm-hmm. really matter. And, right. and I, I'm kind of glad I did that because I think it might have dried a little bit, but I still just kept on touching my face and there was just stuff everywhere. I gotta say, the you know, this this last photo that we have pulled up here of of on on Haley's thirst trap Graham. I, I'm just more inclined to do masks and and the this is, you know, whether it's like a the 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 mud or the clay mask or the the sheet mask like like she has on here. That just seems like an easier route to to peak moisturization. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like so. I would I think having a mask on just seems much less high maintenance to me. I mean, I've done under eye things, whatever those would be called. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've done those before. I've done the jade rolling. I've tried it all, but nothing has been something that I've been so into that I, I'm just dedicated to doing it even further. I will say just to uh, I'll pass off one more, you know, nugget from my dermatologist and and generally if you go read about any skincare stuff the most important thing that 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 everybody says is to have a little bit of spf on every day yes yes that that's and 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 30 is usually what they say is like the minimum but 
even if you have like a 15 or a 20, that's better than nothing. But that's the absolute, like, that's the one thing that everybody should be doing is protecting themselves from the sun. That's the best way to like push the wrinkles off for as long as possible, keep your skin healthy, avoid skin cancer, all that stuff. As someone who's recently had something removed from their arm, uh, that was pre-cancerous, all good. Nothing, nothing actually happened. Um, I don't want to do that anymore, especially yeah. with something on my face <laughs> or something somewhere else that's like a little more, you know, visible. But also, I mean, I, I obviously am married to somebody who has very fair skin and she has always been a very high SPF person. And I have completely reverted. Like I used to be, oh, give me that, give me that tanning oil over there. Let me get all glossy. <laughs> now I'm like, nope, give me the SPF 60 and I'm going to come out of here just looking minorly tan for the rest the, of the time. This entire uh, episode of the podcast is basically going to all be, it is, it's, it's going to boil down to how we're, um, you know, getting old basically. Yeah. But I, dude, I don't even tan like I used to mm. anymore. It is, no. I, if I go on a week long vacation now, which also basically never happens, um, <laughs> But but when it does, like I don't come back like all brown and golden godded up anymore. No, it takes like, a concerted effort yes. for me to actually get a tan. Like I get, you know, it's just it. Like I, I I burn, and then it doesn't really. Everybody likes to say that the burn, like, is the you know, well that turns into tan. It doesn't turn into tan anymore for me. No, so it's very very difficult for me to like get the color that I was used to and like that I you know that I loved so much. So at this point, you know, one thing that I one piece of self care that I will treat myself to every once in a while. It's a spray tan. Really? Yeah. Just a, you know, a little, little airbrush spray tan. Cause that's, that's the only way to get the actual glow that I, that I fancy myself with. One, a couple of years ago, I decided early on, I was going to one of my best friend's weddings and I decided I, I, I want to be the tannest person at this wedding. <laughs> and so I had a lot of time on my hands at this point. It was early on in the, in the days of wash media. We weren't really doing much in the afternoons because we were just kind of recording circling back and yeah living our lives. So right. it, was, it was kind of a great time, honestly. Uh, yeah, it sounds great. So I decided to go to the pool every single day in the afternoon for the summer in the two months leading up. And sure enough, I showed up. I was definitely the tannest dude there. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. That's that's that, yeah, that's probably what it would take for me mm-hmm. is is that type of consistency and, uh, th- and, and duration of time. But during that time, the only thing I did to maintain my skin was I was using a high SPF just yeah. to make sure that I was getting a little protection. But then I was just putting Waleda that like green tube of stuff. I was mm-hmm. putting that on my face every single night. And Sally was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, cause it feels good. She's like, you, you just don't have to do that. Uh, if you're looking for a little self betterment, today's episode is presented by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone just like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, you have an injury, or you're just stressed about everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers just like me. They even have an app that learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. I used the Theragun all the time. When I found out that they were coming on board as a sponsor, I was very happy that I did not have to steal mine from uh, or steal my sister-in-law's for an extended period of time. And I've used it ever since, whether it's back pain, muscle soreness in my legs from a long bike ride, anything like that. It has been an absolute savior. 
Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash scaries right now for your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash scaries, therabody.com slash scaries. Eric, do you feel that? Yeah, something. I, I feel something. Something's happening. What you is know, that? I, I think the vibes are shifting in here right now. <laughs> that's that. You know what? Now that you say that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, dude, the vibes aren't even off right now. They're just shifting. They're just, yeah. I, they, I mean, that's the thing about the vibes is that they're shifting. They shift. They yeah. Shift. Like, yeah, they're, they're no longer on or off. They just shift. <laughs> it's just a constantly flowing thing. Allison P. Davis, a writer for The Cut a website that I have a love-hate relationship with in, in probably a good way, uh, wrote a column on February 16th saying, a vibe shift is coming. Will any of us survive it? And since then, it's kind of become an inside joke on all of the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel, I, the, you know, I, I realized that I, w- I was sick for a little while, which is most likely why I missed this because it was about four days ago. Um, I wasn't online enough to to I saw this phrase, but I hadn't picked it up yet, and i'm I'm disappointed in myself. It was almost interesting because the way that it was being made fun of online, and we're gonna uh, the, the way I talk during this entire segment is going to be a very online way of talking. But online, it was kind of hard to understand why people were making fun of this. I couldn't tell if they were making fun of the actual content of what she was talking about. I couldn't figure out if she was getting made fun of for just not being self-aware or I couldn't figure out if they were just making fun of the phrase itself. As it turns out, I think it was all the above. I I think you're right. I think that the phrase is fun. It, you know, it, it's, it's memeable. It's, you can, you know, use it in a bunch of different, it's got a lot of use cases. It's fun to talk about. Uh, when I read this article uh, though, it, it is worthy of a little bit of ribbing though, because essentially what she is saying in this, I don't know how many word think piece. A lot. Is that trends change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. There's a to. new trend on the, on the horizon. <laughs> so she's referring to somebody, um, his name is, I think, Sean? Sean, Sean Mon- Monahan. Sean Monahan. Yeah. And he has a sub stack that is apparently about $600 a year to subscribe to. Used to be. Used to be. It's now it's now only 50 but it was. At one point, he was charging 600 bucks a year. For his ba- for his trend forecasting Substack, basically. Well, the Substack for this podcast, willdefreeze.substack.com, is free. Wow! So go sign That's up for that. That's a deal, man. Yeah, you, you you can't get a better deal than free. <laughs> uh, but she said Monahan, who's thirty five, breaks down the three vibe shifts, shifts he has survived and observed: <laughs> the hipster indie music era, which was around two thousand three to two thousand nine, or the peak arcade fire, block party, high waisted, cheap Mondays, Williamsburg bespoke cocktail bars era. There's also the post-internet techno revival era from 2010 to 2016, which is the blood orange era, normcore, dressing like the Matrix, kinfolk the club, not kinfolk the magazine, which I would make a case to say that kinfolk the magazine is definitely still in that era. (laughs) And then she goes on to talk about the hype beast and woke era, which we are just now kind of getting out of, which is Drake at his Drakest, the Nike sneakers app, sneaker flipping, virtue signaling Donald Trump, and protests, not brunch. Yeah. I think I think I've been a victim of several of these, but I think the victim I think where I was definitely most all in was the hipster indie music era from about 2003 to 2009. I think that is where I really actually lived it as opposed to just kind of dabbled in it. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the the interesting things, a couple of interesting things just off top about especially this paragraph here is one how she she goes on to mention how part of the fun of even writing this article and having this discussion is just kind of like debating 
what the actual years were and uh-huh. what was actually included in like the zeitgeist piece of each of these quote unquote vibes. Um, and then also that, you know, like w- what she's almost suggesting is that riding the vibe, riding the trend is the goal. You just framed it as as like you're the victim if you kind of like found yourself subject to these trends. Yeah. So it's like you you can almost it, it it's kind of what's funny. Another piece of what's funny about the way that she writes this is is that for her, it's it's a positive to stay on board and stay on this train and shift with the vibe instead of like getting stuck in one essentially. So if I if say what? let's say as someone who listened to Block Party literally this morning on the way to work without even <laughs> thinking about this article, um. I, I'm not ashamed of that, but like now I'm realizing like the, I, I kind of got stuck in that hipster indie music vibe from 2003 to 2009. Yeah. And uh, I'm not totally ashamed of it. The I mean, the mu- honestly, that I've talked about this a little bit on on Club Cool, but but for me, the music from 2009 to, to 2011, or maybe it's more like 2000 to 2000, 2007 to 2011, is like my all-time favorite music, and I already know that that will never change. Yeah. But like that's everything from like goaded Kanye albums to all the indie rock Phoenix passion pit arcade fire, like all that type of stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's the, that's my favorite music of all time. Yeah. And so it's like that there is something very, very uh, charming and nostalgic about that particular era for, for, for us. Um, this article was clearly written by somebody that is our age. Sean Monahan is exactly our age. She refers to herself as a term that I don't love. She might be a little older. She said like geriatric, geriatric millennial, but I which don't think, I qualify as that. I think. Do we? I think we do. I know we're like I know we're in the 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 top fifty percent of millennials, but I didn't. I thought that geriatric millennials were like. No, we're good. Yeah, I think yeah. we're good. I lied. I'm sorry. It says geriatric millennials uh, are for those born in the first five years of the generation between 1981 and 1985. Yeah, so we're just under. Yeah. So we, we're a weird bridge okay. between like late 20s and late 30s. This is kind of a relief because I always considered myself to be in the geriatric side of that. And I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm not. Um, but, you know, I, I pulled a quote from this that I think was, was, you know, for all that we can kind of like make fun of about this article, which is boils down to saying that trends change. Here's what I th- this is the kind of the headline for me. And I'll just quote here. Do they think they will emerge on the other side of all this, quote, as adults who just accept we lost our last few years of socially acceptable freedom? Will they let themselves get stuck? And that's that. honestly, what maybe the hardest part about the pandemic for me has been that we like, you know, we went to bed March 2020 as the as the youth. Yeah. Right. Like everything was still targeted at millennials. We were the ones that were like rising up the ranks and changing things and like mm-hmm. had the new vision of the world and like new perceptions and we're like pushing everything forward and uh, making all of the trends still. Mm-hmm. And then like you fast forward two years and the the pandemic like flipped the switch on us. We are now, <laughs> we just had a ha- Super Bowl halftime show pitched directly at our face. And and like- You know what I mean? And like it's, reading the tweets about it was like, it was such a jarring situation. I, I couldn't believe that- I just considered that to be like a little throwback, kind of enjoyable. And then reading the <laughs> tweets on it, it's like, oh no, like we're old. We're old the now. olds. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the, the pandemic didn't let us kind of like fade into that next era. 
where the where Gen Z take takes over and like is the trendsetters now and 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 does all their stuff on TikTok, which gets referenced in this article multiple times because everything starts on TikTok now. And it's like that that is what kind of that's one of the biggest things for me is that it just it feels like overnight we went from being the youngs to being the olds. Yes. And I and and so you're kind of like for some of us, you're like looking behind you and being like, oh shit, like, is there anything I can still grab onto? <laughs> and whether that's tragic or, or being a victim of trends, like, I'm not sure. But, uh, but you know, the, she also talks quite a bit about how having a kid kind of changes the, the, the calculus as well, because then it's like very easy to let yourself get stuck. Yeah. And that's exactly where I'm at right now, because I, I kind of always fancied myself on at least being up on trends. I might not have pursued those, but I at least felt like I knew what was going on. Since having a kid, which I mean, I'm I'm getting spit out of this pandemic, not only just being like old and disregarded now, but now I'm also like I have a child now and I'm too busy to be looking at the blogs that I used to read. I'm too, yeah. I don't do those things as much anymore. And I feel like I can feel myself falling behind on things that I don't totally understand. And it's it's a sad feeling. Uh, I I enjoyed a little... I don't know if this was a tweet or if this was from a column, but I subscribed to a substack from a former man repeller writer, Haley Nauman. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right. N-A-H-M-A-N. And she wrote about this and she referenced a sentence or two from someone named Waikiki Wanda. And it said, I get that the internet democratized cultural production and consumption, which is fine, but there's this weird recursive industry of culture people worrying about culture while 95% <laughs> of the nation behaves normally. Yeah. And yeah. reading that made me feel much better. I was just like, you know what? That's true. Like I do read these things on the internet and I'm like, oh man, am I, I start second guessing everything about myself. I'm like, oh man, I'm still wearing. Are you chuggy? Yeah, I'm definitely a little chuggy and I don't like that. But I'm like looking at the pants that I own and I'm like, well, these are certainly too tight fitting. I need to get some looser pants. But then I buy looser pants and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, what have I become? This doesn't look cool. Yeah. I don't look cool at all. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I don't, I, I definitely, look, I, I, I host a style podcast, right? I, I, I sit here and we, we we talk about all this type of stuff, all this pop culture. And so I don't necessarily have any concern about losing touch with what is cool. It's more of just like a conscious decision as you get older to like grab onto some things and let others kind of pass you by, right? Because they're, they because you don't have that that kind of insatiable need to have every single thing that is cool. Yes. So it's 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 uh, for me this is all just really fun to pay attention to and and like the tweet said, it's like if you're a culture person, you pay attention to culture. You wring your hands over it. You feel, yeah. you uh, you uh, concern troll because that's that's part of the fun is is overanalyzing and 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 documenting what is what is happening, what is in and what is out. So it's like, you know, I I I don't personally worry about losing touch or becoming an old because this is something that will always be at least somewhat relevant to me. Yeah. And I, I've kind of gotten to the point now where I know that I need to give up a little bit. I am a dad. I'm getting older. I'm a, I'm, fa I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30 at this point. And so I, I need to make that decision of like, okay, when do I need to stop caring? I'm not saying stop caring and like let myself go, start wearing like tattered shitty clothes, stuff like that. But at what point do I need to stop caring about, I mean, this. I know the answer to this question and the answer is when I was 10 years old. 
when I should have stopped caring about what other people think, when I stopped caring about what other people are wearing. And now I'm like, you know what? I just need to figure out what my interests are, figure out what I like and go all in on those things and hope that the community that I surround myself with also does that and enjoys, enjoys what I enjoy. If I can do that, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I need, I think we need to speak to where the vibes are shifting too. That's, that was going to be my next thing to where, 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 where does uh, Allison say the vibes are going? The article says that Sean said he thinks the new vibe shift could be a return of the early aughts indie sleaze, American apparel, flash photography at parties and messy hair and messy makeup. He riffs plus the return to a more fragmented culture, people going off in a lot of different directions because it doesn't feel like there's a coherent singular vision for music or fashion. He sees Substacks and podcasts as new blogs and a move away from Silicon Valley's interest in optimizing workflow, which is just so anti-decadence. Most promisingly, he predicts the return of irony, and I don't totally know what she means by that. Yeah. Um, for for a trend forecaster, this guy sounds like a 35-year-old trend forecaster yeah. because yeah. this is – none of this is groundbreaking. Like, I mean, we know that the 2000s are back. Like, you know, there, there's 14 Britney documentaries going on. Yeah. And Kylie every, every movie that's Dutch coming out is hat. getting remade from a movie from the 2000s. Right. Like, this is – that. so that's – that that's not new. Um, I feel like the culture and fashion and music has been fragmented throughout the last uh, stage, the hype beast woke era, uh, woke era that he talked about. I mean, that stuff was all over the place. Like I, I, fashion for the last, I would say, f- mm, four to five years has been very, very fragmented. As in, there is a lot going on. Yeah, you know, like there. Whether it's it's you know, there's the book core thing, which we've talked about a little bit where you kind of like looking like a professor vibe going on. And then there's still, you know, all sorts of strange n- niches and subcultures. And there, there's, there's a, a, a ton happening. I don't think there's been a coherent singular vision for fashion in, in five years. Uh, sub stacks and podcasts. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. I, that might be what exposes him the most right now. <laughs> like, it, it's not some crazy idea to think that Substacks and podcasts are replacing blogs. Like blogs are dead. Yes. Like, I wish they weren't. I obviously I had a very good run writing for a blog. I had I got my start on this with a blog. But like, there's a reason that this exists how it exists now. Like, there's a reason that people stopped blogging and started moving into podcasts and other sources, uh, uh, other forms of media. And it's just because that's how you that's how you monetize it. You can't monetize a blog these days. But that's not a sh- culture shift. That's just a, a logistics shift. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just how people take stuff in. Yeah, uh, I would say that the I, I think what he means, and I'm going to interpret it kind of the way that I want to interpret it here. But the return of irony, it, you know, it, I think it's he labels the 2016 to to, to 2020 era hype beast slash woke. And I think I think with woke culture and with cancel culture. Like everything for the last five years has been incredibly self-serious mm-hmm. to the point of like not really having room for jokes or comedy or nihilism or or self-deprecation or like any of the the stuff that that kind of like used to be cynical and sarcastic and funny. Yeah. So I think I think that he means like a that's how I interpret it is 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 almost backlash to to some of the everything has to be dead serious. I think that makes sense. It's like it's it, it's and it's and that makes sense too because it's gotten so bad. It's like that that you that almost the only medicine is to kind of like joke about it. Yeah. So it's it's something like the movie Don't Look Up, uh, or or and talking about climate change comes to mind where it's like it's reaching a point where the only thing to do is kind of like make fun of how fucked we all are. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I don't know if you've prepared for the question that I'm about to ask you, but where are Barrett's vibes shifting to? Where do you see your vibe shift ending up? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really don't. I, there, there's, you know, the, the, the indie sleaze part of it stands out to me is, is what I'm like attracted to the most, I think. And l- last year, kind of more in the throes of the pandemic, like the vibe that I, that I pitched on a podcast and that I was really, really feeling was like kind of a, I, I, I don't know if grungy is the right word, but like a really low key Caribbean vacation, like outside of like decadent resorts. Like more like Beach Hut cocktail bar. Have you seen Guava Island on Amazon Prime with Rihanna and uh, no. Childish Gambino? Uh-uh. That's what I'm envisioning right but, now. But I want like kind of like that like sweaty. Yeah. yeah. Haven't showered in a day. I'm in. You know, just like strong rum cocktails. Uh-huh. Like a little bit less of the the kind of like polished glam vacation okay. vibe there. I get and it. And a little bit more of just the like of, of that kind of. It has a little bit of that sleaze and 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 just kind of like organic feel. I like that. I you like know? that a lot, and I think that's attainable right now. Yeah, yeah. My vibes are shifting all in one direction, and I, I've talked. I talked about it last episode, and I think I even touched on it the episode before. I'm just getting. I I am so enamored by skate culture right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think it's. I think it has to do with my uh, having a kid and and going back to the things that I like to do as a kid. But I've been watching more and more skate videos of. People that I don't even, I don't know who the current best skaters are. It's not something I follow, I follow yeah. but anything or anything. But I was watching a Baker skateboards video recently and every single guy's style in the video was, it looked careless. Mm-hmm. But I, as I looked at them, I'm like, yeah, but if I saw them walking down the street in New York, I'd be like, that person's somebody. Yeah. He's cool. But they're, I mean, they're just these skaters who don't, who are wearing baggier, comfortable clothing so that when they fall, they don't just like tear through their pants and things like that. Yep. But they're wearing these baggy kind of grungy, like these are actually grungy clothes. Right. And I just feel myself going in that direction. <laughs> like I'm craving having those clothes again, having those kind of like, not distressed, but like, just like. It looks like I've just beaten the hell out of this stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, s- skating and skate culture has, has been an, an inspiration point for the last, you know, few years for for um, for streetwear and, and fashion writ large. But I feel like maybe the difference now, and because and you're definitely not the, the only guy in his 30s or even 40s that is really attached to or feels connected to skating. So between like Antonio Signoli, who's the creator and designer at 18 East, Mm-hmm. And uh, like the lead designer that I work with every day at Howler Brothers, who is from New York and like grew up skating, like in that right in like the middle of like one of the biggest skate cultures in 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 the nation that was like spawning all the Harmony Corinne shit and kids and Gummo and like just like that whole or kind of early '90s, late '80s vibe there. Like he's really big into it again, and or or has has always kind of been, but the my point is that like there's this it feels more acceptable than ever to be mid 30s or even older than that and like be vibing with and connecting with or even actually skating yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like it's it's it i think you really think of it as like a youth movement but i it's it's really pulled in like people that grew up with it as well i i mean i'm at the point where like i want to like try to figure out how to get 
like help out getting more skate parks up for people and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Like I yeah. can't skate these skate parks at this point in my life, but like the, the idea of having a safe place for my son to go yeah. skateboard someday, that sounds great. And it's like, but I mean, watching these skate, watching these new skate videos that are coming out and, and you'll see, like I have our, our, our weekly segment of uh, our biweekly segment of our wish list updates. And today I have some pants that I saw in a skate video and now I'm, I just need them. I yeah. want them. Last week, the last episode, I had a skateboard on this. Should list. we get a retail therapy street team going? Maybe you know, maybe just like pl- plaster some light poles with uh, with stickers and flyers. And I think shit. we should. <laughs> we'll toss a couple QR codes on there since they're they're hip now. I mean, th- this this podcast seems just totally up the alley of like you know your average sixteen year old scum lord skater. Kid. Dude, they just want it. They're craving <laughs> vibe shifting content. They they have been looking for something. And all along, it's been the caviar facial. They just didn't even know it. <laughs> God, sixteen-year-old me hearing someone talk about a caviar facial, like I would have, I would have t- tossed on some shitty punk music and turned it up as loud as I could until you stopped talking about it. Oh, let's add some things to our wish list, Barrett. Yeah, yeah. I've been keeping a. If you aren't currently subscribed to the Substack, it's willdefreeze.substack.com. I've been putting together a post for each of these episodes and I'm keeping a running list of everything that we have on these wish lists so that you can see it. And I try to put any other supplemental stuff uh, from this podcast on there as well. If you go to the link in this profile, you can find it. Today, I'm adding some work in progress. I own zero Carhartt work in progress things, Barrett. Yeah, okay. I own several regular Carhartt brand things as it is a very big brand. It's always been a big brand, especially in high school for us uh, in Northern Michigan. Mm -hmm. All the hippies wore Carhartt all the time. And I finally decided that I need some I need some double knee pants. I own a pair currently, but I I did something that I'm not proud of, and I I put on about 15 pounds uh, <laughs> once the once things started opening up again, and after yeah. I got off my Peloton binge, and the the double knee pants that I bought before uh, don't don't totally fit me in the waist right now. How hard is it to get a waist take uh, let out on something, Barrett? Um, it depends uh, on something like it's typically easiest on a pair of pants that is sewn more like a chino okay. with like a simpler, simple, simple seam um, at the waist. Mm-hmm. When you get into like canvas and denim, five pocket type stuff, the construction is a little bit different. Yeah. And so it's, it's more difficult. I'm very worried. I spent way too much money on my, <laughs> on my other uh, double knee pants to, to not wear them. But I also spent so much money on them that I like, I'm worried that I'm just going to further destruct them by getting yeah. them even more tailored. And so I think I just need to uh, maybe accept the fact that I'm not going to immediately take 15 pounds off and just buy some double knee uh, two-tone pants from from Carhartt. Yeah, I, I don't uh, even think that these are my favorite ones, but these are what I found when I went on their site after watching the skate video from Work in Progress. Yeah. Okay. So this th- were these, be- these were being skated by somebody? They were. Yeah. They were. That's legit, man. <sighs> it's just... Uh, There's something about it. it. It puts out farmer vibes while also like putting out skate vibes to me now. And those are two things that I want people to think about me when they see me walking down the street, even though I, I really don't have the skills to do either at this point. Uh, I do. I, look, I, I want to tell you one thing okay. to, to know about these Carhartt whip double knees okay. because they, they've been a popular like option out there. The double knee has been kind of trending both in like workwear and streetwear and skate uh, and skate scenes. And and these have been talked about and, and and come up. I just want to say that the leg opening on these wider than these photos give it credit for. That's my concern. You are at a nine inch leg opening, eighteen full full circumference on a size thirty four, and you are at seventeen and a half. That's gonna be too baggy for your boy. So like eight point seven five 
on uh, on a thirty two. It's gonna be tough. So the, the they are deaf. They are baggy. They are they're truly like you know. I just you haven't. Gotta, you got to be about that life. I haven't updated my <laughs> wardrobe enough to to accommodate the baggy bottoms yet. I bought a pair of pants recently. They're somewhat cropped, dark green canvas pants, and I put them on probably ten times, and I've stood in front of the mirror. And I've gone into my closet. I've taken things out of my closet, put them on with it. And at no point have I thought, okay, I can walk outside and feel <laughs> confident about this. I, I could walk into a bar wearing those outfits and have people look at me and, and think to themselves like, oh, that guy feels super uncomfortable. He's super not confident in that yeah. look right now. Yeah. And that's yeah. my fear. Yeah. You really want something more like, yeah, I, I, I'm serious. You put on a pair of 18 inch leg openings after the last 10 years of fashion and you are going to be like, holy shit. It's jarring. Yeah. Like it's jarring. It's crazy. Yeah. You really need like a, like a, like an eight, inch, like a, like right around like in the 16, even like 15, 16 right there. That's like, the, that's the, that's the entry point to opening up your silhouettes a little bit more. See, this is, this is why I needed you here, Barry. <laughs> do you have anything you're adding to your wish list? Yeah, today? I do. This is, I, this is probably chuggy as fuck uh, putting this on here because it's like very basic and they have a store on like every hot retail corner in the entire nation right now. But uh, it, it, it's what I want. It's what I need. It's it's new sheets uh, and yes. from Parachute. Um, you, you probably heard of them. Yes. And I've I may, owned some. I, I may have even talked about them on this podcast before, but this, this is top of the list. It, it's been top of the list and it keeps getting like sent down because of other expenses that pop up because you got to go in, you got to be prepared to drop like 300. Yep. And, um, but, but, you know, we've done, we've got some sheets, man, especially if you're a white sheet person, they get, they, they don't last that long. No. You got like a a few years before they're, they're all, all stained. And you take everything into account. Like when you take into account having a dog on the bed, you know, you're going to get stains there. When you take into account that you're just drenching your face in Vaseline every night, like things get ruined (laughs) eventually. You're just slugging every night, you know, five, six, seven days a week. That that's what happens. But just to speak to parachute a little bit, they, I've gotten some of their catalogs in the mail. And what I, what I'm actually drawn to about parachute is their color palette. Mm -hmm. They do really, really nice kind of like earthy, dusty tones. So where you know I I feel like the the all white sheet thing has been kind of a a home and um home goods and kind of like ha, you know lifestyle blogger type staple for a really long time because it mm-hmm. photographs really well and parachute has been kind of like showing I think that your sheets don't have to be bright pristine white they can be in like a gray or a rose or an olive or a or, or a dusty you know blue and and these kind of other cool colors so I, i'm that's kind of what i'm looking forward to about shopping for parachute sheets um and I, I will go in store to the one on south congress here to do this it's kind of like picking out some cool earthy tones getting a new duvet cover that kind of goes with the sheets and kind of like resetting the the uh, you know what i'm gonna do will I'm going to shift the vibe of the bedroom. <laughs> Dude, shift your bedroom <laughs> vibes. Uh, Barrett, I've so. actually owned a pair of, or a set of parachute sheets. I loved them. That's good. Um, I had them in the pebble color, which is a kind of a darker gray. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I enjoyed them. The only reason we got rid of them is because we moved. We decided to have a little more airy feel to what we were doing, and mm-hmm. we decided to go with the white sheets yep. that we've been it's, riding. I mean, it's a great look. Like, but don't, I don't, that's what we usually have on. So I do miss these, and like now I'm looking at their other stuff, and I'm like, they do have some nice palettes. You could do some mixing and matching. You I really feel could like on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. That's that. That's that's top of mind for me right now. I love it. 
Well, Barrett, another one in the books. Uh, whether your vibes are shifting, whether you are going to start slugging, or whether you've been slugging and you just got some confirmation, it's great to have everybody here. We've been enjoying this, and uh, I'm not sure if we'll be back next week or the week after, but we're going to try to stick to the biweekly schedule now that we don't have to worry about the invisible enemy. That's anymore. right. That's right. Everything should be smooth sailing from here on out. I'm <laughs> sure that there that nothing else will come up. <laughs> See you guys soon.